Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Good morning, church. You know, I specifically requested the team to leave the baptism tanks up here in case I say something stupid and Jaden needs to take me back and dunk me a couple times. So I'm glad they did that. That's awesome. But in all seriousness, we're so glad to be with you this morning, continuing our series called Forever and a Lifetime. And in this series, we've been looking at different principles and values that if we'd apply to our marriage, we can build a God-centered marriage that will last forever and a lifetime. And the reality is they are principles that apply to an earthly marriage, but also to our heavenly marriage with Jesus like we've been talking about. Because any relationship that isn't centered on Jesus simply won't work. And so I'm excited to be with you continuing this series. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to ask you open to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And as you're opening up there, I just want to take a minute and thank our pastor, Pastor Keith. Y'all know we have the best pastor in the world, right? And, and I, can't, I can't stress that enough. You know, Jaden and I have been married two and a half years now. And the person who, in a lot of ways, taught us what marriage looks like and even married us was Pastor Keith. And so I'm so thankful for the opportunity he's given us, but also the way he's invested and really set the example and the tone of what a godly marriage looks like. And the reason it looks a little different up here, I have Jaden up here with me, my wife, is because we're going to do our best. I say do our best because Jaden can be a little bit of a talker. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably me, if anything. But we're going to do our best to go back and forth and talking through this idea that marriage is teamwork. Marriage is teamwork because that's what we are. When you're married, you're a team. You're on the same side. And Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9, says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken." I love that. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. How many of you have heard this verse before? Show of hands. Awesome. I think a lot of us have heard it, maybe in a talking about marriage or maybe at a wedding, a lot of us have heard it, talking about the husband is one cord, the wife is the other, and then God is the third, right? And then you're stronger, you're better together. And while yes, that's true, I think we got to look at it a little closer because if I, had, if I had three cords or three ropes up here with me and I just laid them side by side by side, Well, they wouldn't be any stronger, would they? They wouldn't do much more just side by side. But when it comes to a marriage, it's us and God. And we got to get so tightly intertwined with one another. We got to become so close and wrapped up in each other. And that's when there's going to be power in our marriage. That's when we get to do what God has for us to do. We can stand strong. You know, we've all heard the classic saying, teamwork makes the... Dream work. And so today, we are going to talk about being a team as a couple. And the reality is, there's a lot of marriages out there, I think we'd all agree, there's a lot of marriages out there that sadly die. A lot of marriages that don't make it. Majority of marriages, I'd say, are in this different section where they're just surviving. 
They're not the healthiest marriage. They're just scraping by and making it through. But God wants our marriage to thrive. God wants your marriage to thrive, to be the best that it can be. And so today, we're going to look at how can we have a thriving, God-fulfilling union together. Yeah, well, good morning again. My name is Jaden. And when we first got this message, in all honesty, we were like, you want us to preach in the marriage series? We're, we're very young. We look very young. We are young. And we were like, we've only been married. This coming fall, it'll be, we'll be going on three years of marriage. And we're like, well, we've only been married for not that long. How can we give something to offer in the marriage series? Because we have a lack of experience. Just because of our years, we don't have a ton of experience in marriage just because we've only been married for three years. But when we got the title of the message, we sat down and we're like, actually, we think we can give, we can give something, we can give input and a thought around this idea of teamwork. And I think that's because we have two unique things that most other couples don't. And the first one is our number. And if you were here last weekend, Pastor Reed talked about what is your number. And what he was meaning by that is your number is the years that you and your spouse have been married, the number of years your parents have been married, and the number of years your grandparents have been married. And you add those all together, and that's your number that represents your marriage. And so for me and Noah, we represent on both sides together 288 years of marriage. And so we have had so many people and couples in our families really show us what a godly marriage looks like, and that was all because they worked as a team. And the second thing is I think this makes us very unique, and I don't think a lot of other couples have experienced this or will ever experience this, is that we are not only married, but we also work together, and that comes with challenges. So it's not like we just wake up and go to bed each next to each other in the morning. We also get in the car and drive to work every day because we're both in ministry and we're both pastors and that comes with its challenges. And so we had to learn very early on if we wanted to make our relationship work while continuing to be married and continuing to work together and have a healthy work environment too with a married couple, we've had to learn the importance of a team. Both Noah and I, we're dreamers, we're both visionaries, and we've learned that if, if you want to accomplish something, you can't share a dream unless if you're a team first. And it really does take a team to share and accomplish all the things that we want God to answer in our lives, the dreams that we have, both in marriage and in ministry. And that's one of the things that we had to learn very early on in our marriage. Yeah, and the reality is the more effective we want to be as a team is dependent on how tight our team is, right? Mm -hmm. Any successful, any good team in the world has to be tight-knit. We got to be on the same page. We got to know where the other person's at at any given moment. Because in all, in all honesty, any one of us in this room could be effective in a certain area. Like, I think I have probably half of a thing that I'm good at in this world alone. And so any one of us has something we can be good at on our own. But if but if we were just content with that, then why did we have a desire to get married? Why did God put that on my heart to get married to Jaden? And the answer to that is because we're more effective as a team than we are alone. There's things that Jaden offers that I don't, and we get to use that to become a team and to be a force for God. Because ultimately what marriage is, is a picture of the beauty and the power 
of God. It's not just about us. It points people to God if we'll let that happen. That's the beautiful thing, right, Jaden? Yeah, and I would say that we do almost everything as a team now, even the very small things. And we learned that the hard way because our first year of marriage was actually really difficult. And I wouldn't say the whole year was difficult because there was a lot of exciting and new and freshness, but I would say the first several months was hard. And yeah, the first year of marriage was all excitement and fresh and newness, and that was all exciting. But Noah and I are both very stubborn people. Maybe you are. I don't know. About no, me. we're both very, very stubborn people. And when you get two stubborn people together and you're trying to accomplish something, that there's something in front of you and you're trying to move forward, it's so hard to move forward because you're just both stuck in your ways. And we just faced so many challenges that because we were still operating out of single-mindedness, how we operated when we were single. And so we had to really learn we need to be a team if we want to make this work. So that's what we want to look at today is why marriage is teamwork and how God designed it that way. So before we get into it, let's just go to God and pray. Dear God, we just thank you for letting us come to this place and learn more about you and what marriage really looks like here on earth, but more importantly, our marriage with you. God, I pray that our words are your words and not our own. In Jesus' name, amen. So we want to give you three C's on how to center your marriage around teamwork. And the first one being is commitment. Can you say that with me? Commitment. commitment. According to a study, the most frequent reason couples get divorced is lack of commitment. So what does it mean to stay committed to your marriage? It means do what it takes to make what it takes that the relationship would be successful. And here's the deal. In a long-term relationship, both parties cannot get their way because it will never work. Commitment is not 50-50. It's not if he, then I will, or if I, then he will. It won't work. It's not 50-50. Commitment is 100%. No matter what the other's percent is, commitment says we will together as a team until death do its part. And in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks us through what love is. It goes through all these things that love is this, love is this, love is this, and the way that we are called to love others. And I want to focus on one specific verse. It says in verse 7, love always perseveres. The stronger your commitment, the more likely you are to succeed as you refuse to give up or to give in. And perfection is not what we're after in relationships because it can never be achieved. For me, I struggle with perfectionism. I'm a creative. I love to, to create things. I have an eye for things. And so it's really easy for me to get into this mode of everything has to be perfect. And I struggled with that in our marriage when we first started off. Even in our dating, in our dating season and engaged, I was so after trying to be perfect. And I had this idea of what a perfect relationship looked like. But it had to break me because perfection is not what we're after in relationships because it can never be achieved. It's perseverance. It's perseverance that will take you to a love that will last forever in a lifetime, what we're talking about in this series. So practically, we want to give you two different ways of how can, you can live out commitment in your marriage. 
And the first one is serving your spouse to help them become what God made them to be. Serving your spouse to help them to become who God made them to be. Not I need to serve Noah because I want him to become what I want him to be or the desires that I want him to serve me, but it's serving, I need to serve Noah to help him become who God has made him to be. It says in 1 Peter 3, 1 through 2, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Hold up, hold up. Can we just stop there for a second? That's a good one, Jaden. I, you know, I've been thinking about changing this to my life first. Maybe getting a tattoo. So this is, this is great. Thank you. We'll get to the husbands. We'll talk about the husbands. But I'm starting with the wives. It says in 1 Peter 3, Wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Ephesians 5, 28. This is where we're going to get about the husbands. It says in the same way, husbands shall love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So that's the first way that commitment can look practically. And the second one is commitment is not just a commitment to your spouse. Commitment is to the institution of marriage. It's to the institution of marriage. And in Genesis 2, we can see how God made Adam, and then he made Eve, and then he brought the two together. And I would encourage you this week to go back and read the first few chapters of the Bible, which is Genesis, and read how God, in detail, created the institution of marriage, because it is amazing the detail that he put into it. But I want to just focus on a few verses here this morning. It says in Genesis 2, it says, The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh in my flesh. He's talking about Eve. She shall be called woman because she has been taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Can you say one flesh? One flesh. Then it goes on to Matthew, which this is actually a parallel verse to Genesis. So Genesis is in the Old Testament, Matthew is in the New Testament, and this is a parallel verse. It says in Matthew 19, 6, so they are no longer two but one flesh. Can you say one flesh? One flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. So there's significance in those two words, one flesh. And that's exactly what we're talking about when it comes to commitment. But the problem is that we don't live in a world of commitment. We live in a world of consumers. The world says, take what you can and what you get or what you desire, what you need, And once that person can't provide that anymore, go and find someone else. But when we look at our marriage with God, that's not what God did with our marriage to him. God loved us so much, and he is so committed to our vows with him that he gave, that he served us, he gave. And his commitment to us cost him the life of his only son. And that's a big commitment. That's a big sacrifice. And that's the same way that we need to live out in our marriage. To make marriage work, you have to persevere in the hard times. And I know it's not always easy. It's not always going to be easy. Right. And the reality is commitment always costs us something, right? No matter what area of life, what person, what thing you want to be committed to, it costs us something. And so for me, especially early on, but I'm still learning this to this day because I'm imperfect, 
But commitment for me has cost me my pride. Like time and time again, I need to lay down my pride, my ego, what makes me look best, what I want most, in order to stay committed to Jaden. Commitment always costs us something. And so the first C was commitment, and the second C is character. Character. And that word character comes from the Greek meaning to make a mark. To make a mark. And that's exactly what your character is. Your character is the mark you're making on your spouse, the mark you're making on your family, on your, on your small group, on your coworkers. That's what your character is. You know, Coach John Wooden once said, the true test of a man's character is what he does when no one else is watching. So what you do when no one else is watching is how you impact your marriage, is how you impact the people around you in life. It's your character, and the character is the mark of spirit, spiritual maturity that God's going to bless when you have that character. And in the Beatitudes, it talks about this blessing, and it's Jesus goes on to say, blessed are the people who, and then we read, he lists off all these characteristics, these character traits that God blesses. And I think if we look at it in the lens of marriage, it's the same way, because those things apply to our marriage. So I want to say, blessed are the married couples who are poor in spirit. Blessed are the married couples who are poor in spirit. That's when you come into your marriage recognizing, I'm not God, he is. Come in humble, and then you recognize that your spouse is a gift. It's easy to lose sight of that, but Jaden's such a good gift that God has given me. I'm so blessed. You know, even on our worst days, we've been given a gift that is better than what we actually deserve, which is hell. And so blessed are the married couples who are poor in spirit. Philippians 2, 3 says, when you do things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than to yourselves. For the husbands, give more honor to your wife than to yourself. And for the wives, give more honor to your husband than to yourselves. How about this one? Blessed are the married couples who persevere. Blessed are the married couples who persevere. And Jaden touched on perseverance. And for me, that means looking at what's coming behind us. There's people in our lives who we impact because of our marriage. We now have a five-month-old daughter, and we got to start looking at that. Like, what kind of a legacy, what kind of a perspective on marriage do we want to leave Salem now? we got to start thinking about that. And I want her to look back at our marriage and recognize they weren't perfect, but they fought for each other. They chased after God. That's what I want her to see. That's what I want people to see, that we persevered. And one of the things we've gotten to discover in our marriage is that Jaden and I are very different people. I can't stress it enough, very different people. <laughs> but the good thing about that, and it's, it's funny and it comes with challenges, but the good thing about that is because we're different, we get to maximize each other's strengths and minimize each other's weaknesses. There's things Jaden's great at that I, I can't even tell you how much I suck at. And there's things that Jaden's not the best at maybe, but I'm better at. And we get to compliment each other. But is that fair to say we're pretty different people, Jaden? Yeah, and I would say that even though we have some similarities, those are very few. And we are actually very total opposites of each other. But that's what makes us strong together as a team. Yeah, I think love languages is a great example of that. How many of you here know your own love language? Maybe top one or two. Okay, a decent amount. How many know your spouse's top love languages? Okay, maybe less hands, but that's okay. Listen, Jaden's top two love languages are quality time and physical touch. 
quality time and physical touch. You wanna know how I know that? My top two love languages are anything but quality time and anything but physical touch. We struggle, we struggle. <laughs> we make it work, but in all honesty, it, it causes me to have to serve her. Not do what comes natural, but to go out of my way to serve her. And it's really a beautiful thing how different we are. Yeah, and like what I said, that what's, that's what makes us stronger is because we're total opposites of each other. Right, and so the first C was commitment. Mm -hmm. The second C is character. And our third and by far most important, if not the only important one, is Christ. Christ is the most important. Because at the end of the day, people can fake commitment. It happens all the time. People, people can make their character look good from an outside perspective. But if you want to get these things right, we got to be committed to Jesus. we got to let him build our character. That's when we're going to have a godly marriage, is when we are centered on Christ. Because at the end of the day, Jesus is the only key to a healthy, joy-filled, fulfilling marriage. And we've had to learn that. We can't build our marriage on any other foundation. We can't try it any other way because it doesn't work. At the end of the day, nothing else is going to last other than Jesus. And the most important day for us wasn't the day we said yes to each other. The most important day for Jaden and I wasn't August 9th, 2020, when we got married. No, the most important day for us was the day that we said yes to Jesus. By far the most important, because everything else gets to be built off of that. Once we establish Jesus as our firm foundation, we get to build off of that. We get commitment. We truly get character. That is what's most important for us because only Jesus can give us a love that perseveres. Only Jesus can give us a love that is serving to the other one, that always hopes, always trusts, always endures. And in 1 John, it says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. I want you to look at that. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. So I want to I want to love Jaden. I want to serve and give to Jaden. I better be getting that from God. I better be receiving that from God. I can't give to her anything I haven't received in the first place. So I got to make sure I'm right with God before I even attempt at loving Jaden because everything else is going to fall short. That is not love. And we've been given three incredible gifts from God. The first is the gift of life itself. Our life is just a gift. If you're here, you have another gift. God is good. The second is the gift of eternal life through Jesus. What a gift. If you choose to receive it, you can have eternal life through Jesus. And the third is the gift of marriage. Such a blessing. But the sad part is, majority of people misunderstand why we were given that gift of marriage. Majority of people misunderstand the purpose of marriage. And I, to be honest, I did early on in marriage. Even if I wouldn't have said it, I got married because I wanted to make myself happier. I got married because I felt lonely and I didn't want to feel that anymore. But marriage isn't to make us happy. Marriage is to make us holy. 
God uses marriage to make us look more like Jesus. That's the beauty and power of marriage. And it, when it comes to our marriage with God individually, when we want to live that out, we look at the church. And that's what the church is for. Our mission here at Celebrate, can you guys, what is our mission here at Celebrate? Be Jesus. Be Jesus, right? Our vision is meet Jesus and our mission is be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when someone comes and they meet Jesus, we talk about this all the time, that we believe that everything changes in your life. And then you start on the journey of being Jesus. How do you grow and become more like him so then you can be a gift to others? And that's what we do in our spiritual walks. We try to find all the ways to grow ourselves. We try to find the way that what our purpose is, how to live on mission in our lives. But if that's the same thing and that's the way that we're supposed to look at our lives as individuals with us, our lives living for Christ, could that be also the same and true for couples? Because our marriages, I think, should be a gift. Our marriage needs to be a gift to others. In marriage, your marriage needs to be more than just about you and your spouse. That's, what, that's how God created it. It needs to be more than just about him and her. It needs to be more, more than just about Noah and I. It needs to have a purpose. And God designed marriage with a purpose. And my question, and I think we should, we, we should really think about this, is what if we saw our marriages as ministries to the world? That we use our marriages to live on mission, to help other people see the love of Christ through our marriages. Because I think that could change the world. Yeah, I I can't stress enough how important that is. I know that's a testimony for us, is to stop seeing our marriages about us and what God wants to use it for, rather than looking in at us all the time. It, It seriously changes everything. And I think about how we have been so focused and hungry for this marriage and family, right, at this church. We've been so passionate about it. And we have these date nights, and we have these life groups and all this great stuff. But the purpose of that, that's not the end. That's not the end goal. The purpose is to have an army of married couples who are out there in the world telling people about Jesus, helping them meet him. That's what we want to happen. We need to stop seeing our marriage as us and start seeing it as who it can be, who it can impact, your neighbors, your coworkers, that person that's struggling. That's what our marriage is supposed to be at. Once we get right with God, we can do this. That's going to work. And when we look at scripture, we can see that God engineered our relationships to be established on him. And I think our marriages could change the world if we have a mission mindset with our marriages. Mm-hmm. And that mission mindset doesn't just start when you say your vows. It doesn't start on your wedding day. That mission mindset starts when you yourself, as an individual, discover the deep love of Jesus for yourself. Because when you discover Jesus and you truly meet Jesus and your life changes, all of your other relationships in your life will be taken care of. You will, in your marriage, when you see that you for yourself have a purpose and you know what your mission your mission is you'll come into your marriage and you will naturally just see what that mission can look like lived out with your spouse included our marriage i believe that knowing us our marriage can get through anything because we both have the same mission and that's christ that's pursuing christ together we said this at the beginning that it takes teamwork to make the dream work. And it's honestly kind of a cheesy line, but it's 
actually very profound. Because when you as a couple become a team that is committed, has godly character, and is centered on Christ, no matter the challenges that you're going to face in your marriage, you will get through it because you know who already holds the answer, who already holds the solution, and that's God. We read this scripture at the beginning, and I would like to just pull one little verse out of, one little sentence out of that verse. It says, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And that triple braided cord represents two people coming together and intertwining their lives with God. And we see this throughout the whole Bible, that God's favorite illustration for the gospel is marriage. A lot of times when you see Jesus and they talk about Jesus, they refer to him as the bridegroom. And then when you, if you see when they talk about the church in scripture, they talk about the church as the bride. And that's God's favorite illustration for the gospel. It's marriage. And my thought is if that's God's favorite illustration, don't you think that's exactly what the enemy is going to attack? And even more so, the enemy's not just going to attack, he's also going to try to divide you in your marriage. I think that's so true. But that's why we have to be braided together with our spouse, with God, because that verse says a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I would even say when you have God, you're never going to get broken because you already know the person that can put you back together and can mend your marriage back together. Marriage is a testimony of God's goodness to the world if we let it be. There's significance to that, if we let it be. God wants to use your marriage to be a testimony to other people. And see, the more that I pursue Christ and who he has called me to be, who he has has called Jaden, who he has designed Jaden to be, and I become confident in that, and the more that Noah pursues Christ and who he has called him to be, we can come together and we can become who God has called us to be as a team. And that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes us beautiful when we come together and pursue Christ individually together and God can help us become who we are to be. And our marriage can be an example for others to see Jesus through our marriage. And that's the deep desire that we have for us. Yeah, there's, in all honesty, there's nothing more than I want for people to meet Jesus. That's the heart of Christ that he gave me. There's nothing more I want than people to meet Jesus. And this is a perfect opportunity. This is the way God wants to do it for a lot of us. He wants to use your marriage. If we see it as a ministry, there's so much power. What if because of your marriage, you could see couples who are at the end of their rope, who don't feel like they can take it anymore, find hope for each other? What if you could see individuals who are so lost and so far from Christ come to know him because of your marriage? We need to stop thinking about it as just us but what God wants to use it for. And so I'm going to ask that you'd bow your heads right now. And if you're sitting here and you want a God-centered marriage, maybe you have had that in the past and it's just not the same anymore. Maybe you've never had that. I want to give you a chance to change that. Or if you're not married or maybe you are and you want to make a decision for Jesus, you want to give your life to him the one and only foundation that lasts, that we can build our life upon, I want to give you that chance as well. And so if you want that, I'm going to ask you to either in your head or out loud repeat after me. 
God, I need you. I'm sorry for trying to do it on my own. My ways haven't worked. Help me to do things your way. Thank you for what you've done for me on the cross. God, I believe. Help me to live a life that honors you as Lord. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless. God bless.